I'm sure some of you have had moments where you can't just put your phone down. You could be texting a loved one or even spending countless number of hours scrolling through Facebook pages online. This may sound simple, but eyebrows begin to raise when we talk about drugs and addiction in the same sentence. You may be wondering, why am I pointing this out at this moment? To some, this may just be a daily routine that is going to be encompassing a fraction of their day, while as in others, it may be the only thing on their minds. Some could even say the start of an addiction. Today on the show, we're going to have a special guest, a doctor in training, to discuss about addictions and the science behind them. Welcome to Dr. MK7's Medical Podcast. So, future doc, tell us about yourself and a little bit about some addictions and what they are. My name is Arna Nemba Zulu, fifth year medical student, and uh, we're going to be discussing addiction today. So addiction is simply the inability to stop using a particular substance or simply engaging in um, behaviors that uh, are thought to cause both psychological as well as physiological harm. So when we look at addiction, it mostly has its effects on the brain which um, mostly leads to behavior changes. So when we look at addiction, um, we can divide it into two parts. So we have both substance addiction and non-substance addiction. So when we talk about non-substance addiction, this could include things like uh, working, gambling, eating, as well as working. And then when we go to things like, which could be under uh, substance addiction, we have things like heroin, we have things like cocaine, um, marijuana, as well as uh, different opioid drugs. There are two things that I would like to distinguish, and that's uh, between addiction as well as misuse. When you talk about misuse, we can describe this as improper use of a drug, mostly at high doses. This could occur at one particular point. It's not a concurrent situation where a person takes drugs um, consecutively. So in this situation, we would regard this as misuse. While addiction is more of a chronic problem where we have uh, a person being entirely dependent on a drug and usually drug seeking, as well as chronic use of this drug over a long period of time is what I mean. So Doc, let me cut you right there. Uh, why is it important for me and you, and especially the people out there that are listening to know about all of this? So it's important to note that Drug abuse mostly starts as a recreational activity in most cases. So this mostly involves young people trying out different drugs as a source of entertainment for them. So we may have things such as opioids, which mostly start out as an addiction when they are prescribed by a doctor, maybe in improper doses or if a person is just exposed to opioids through someone that is actually on opioids that were prescribed by a doctor. So we can also state that um, the rate at which addiction may occur is different in that different drugs have a different rate of addiction. So the fastest being opioids. Okay, so opioids can be things like morphine as well as codeine. So um, these are drugs that are normally prescribed um, by doctors to patients. So these have a higher uh, risk when it comes to addiction. So. It is also important to note that in as much as this addiction begins, most people tend to increase their doses as they continue to take these drugs, which makes it harder to stop taking these drugs. And when they do try and stop this drug, 
They experience what are known as withdrawal symptoms, which are just simply physical and psychological changes that occur when you discontinue a particular drug that you were actually addicted to. And also when you try and discontinue this drug, they just intensify the craving, which makes it worse, which is why uh, most patients need to seek uh, medical attention. Interesting. So doc, why not just stop the drug? And how would taking these drugs affect an individual? We can have uh, problems at work um, where individuals actually have poor performance when it comes to doing what they have to do at work. And then we can also have poor performance at school where we have declining grades. We can also have um, changes in appearance where a patient can appear with um, poor hygiene or red eyes or um, this patient may may have a poor interest in um, clothing and many other features. We can also have uh, changes in behavior where um, a patient is avoiding their family members or just has um, differences with people in that they don't want to communicate or we can have difficulties in relationships where we have uh, failed relationships it could be with a, a partner or family members themselves. You can also have money issues where you have this person asking for money unnecessarily, or you may find that um, you have money missing in the house, or you may have um, different items that are missing in the house, which will just entail that this person is actually selling stuff to get these drugs. Doc, let me just pause you a bit there. I'm sure some of the listeners out there who have experienced this firsthand can relate and have seen these behaviors in uh, someone that they may know of who's been doing drugs, or even if they have been doing drugs, they may actually notice these behaviors in themselves if they have some uh, form of introspect. I'm now a bit interested uh, in how these drugs are going to be affecting the brain. So tell us a bit of how they are going to affect the brain. So these drugs, once taken, are going to change the way uh, the brain actually uh, perceives pleasure. So in the brain, we have cells that are uh, present. They are called nerve cells. So these cells have to communicate in order for us to do our normal day-to-day -day activities. So they do this by producing certain chemicals, which we call neurotransmitters, but we'll just call them chemicals. What's going to occur is that these drugs are going to cause a physical change to these uh, nerve cells. And this is going to affect how the nerve cells actually communicate with each other, which is going to cause the different manifestations of um, drug abuse. Oh, now it's getting a bit interesting. So can we say that it's a person's decision when they get addicted? What exactly causes addictions? So in terms of um, causes of drug addiction, a major factor has been the environment. So if you're exposed to um, groups or certain peers that encourage drug use, this increases the risk as well as genetics. So certain families have um, a history of um, drug abuse, which normally is passed on to the next generation, which has actually been noted. And then other risk factors would be that if an individual has a mental health disorder, such as depression, or if they have an attention deficit, or if they have hyperactivity disorder or post-traumatic or stress disorder, which are just syndromes that people experience after traumatic event, this could also cause someone to be addicted to a particular drug. Then we can also have early use of a drug. So when a drug is used early in um, a person's life, especially in these uh, people who are below the age of 15, it can cause damage 
which is really significant. Then we can also have, if a patient is taking or an individual is taking uh, highly addictive drugs, like we already mentioned, which include the opioids, and um, this could cause early addiction. One last uh, ignored feature or trigger is if a family member is being ignored by the rest of their family. This um, causes a form of depression, which um, causes a pay, uh, uh, an individual to actually depend on a drug which will make them feel better at that point and um, makes them feel better about themselves, basically. Just to interject there, kindly tell us about some specific drugs individuals may actually be susceptible to and how exactly these drugs are going to be affecting their bodies. We also have what are known as club drugs. So in club drugs, we have things like ecstasy or molly, which they call it. Uh, we can also have something known as rufi. I won't go in depth in with what the chemical name is. And uh, most of the times these have the same effect. So they are mostly associated with uh, sedating a, uh, an individual. They can cause muscle relaxation, memory loss, as well as uh, sexual assault. So most of the cases that come in um, from clubs, parties, and we have issues of sexual assault is attributed to this drug. Or these drugs, sorry. Um, so signs and symptoms would have um, hallucinations, would have paranoia, we could have chills, sweating, and poor judgment. Our second group of drugs uh, would be the hallucinogens, and we have uh, the famous drug known as LSD, which just stands for lysergenic acid. Um, we can also have PCP, which uh, stands for fancy cleating. Um, this one causes hallucinations, can cause an increased heart rate as well as blood pressure, can cause uh, flashbacks. And for PCP, this one is also associated with hallucinations. A patient may feel separated from their body at most times, and um, there's a lack of pain sensation, which are the main uh, features of these drugs. Then we have the inhalants. Signs and symptoms may vary depending on what drug it is. So we have things like glue, we have painkillers, we can have correction of fluid, we can have gasoline itself, which can be inhaled, we can have um, household aerosol products, and these mostly cause uh, damage to the brain. So for the signs and symptoms of inhalant drugs, we have um, brief euphoria. It's not as bad as the other drugs. We can also have uh, slurred speech, we can also have a decrease in movement. We can also have rash around the nose and the mouth, which is indicative of a person who's inhaling drugs. Then our other group of drugs would be the opioid painkillers. So these ones are also called narcotics and they are produced from um, an opium plant or they could be produced synthetically um, in labs and by these companies. So they include things like uh, heroin, codeine, morphine, uh, oxycodone and many other drugs. Then um, mostly these are prescribed as pain medications for different conditions and patients tend to end up being addicts to opioids. So signs and symptoms would be that there'll be a reduced sensation to pain of course which is the main function of these drugs and uh, there would be depression, confusion, they could even have needle marks uh, indicating that they're actually injecting themselves with these drugs. And um, they could have a running nose, uh, which is also indicative of somebody who's inhaling drugs. Yo, that is some mad science right there, Doc. So um, you've told us about 
these signs and these symptoms about these drugs. But I'm sure the question on someone's mind out there of a listener who has dealt with an addiction, they're probably asking, how exactly do they know when they should take this person for help? Or if it's an individual that has uh, been addicted to drugs, how then will they know that I have to see a doctor now? So you can see your doctor when you notice you can't stop taking this drug or when you notice that it's leading you to make bad decisions such as having unprotected sex or using these unsterilized needles. And you can also see your doctor if you feel like you're having difficulties withdrawing from this particular drug. Emergency cases would include uh, if a patient is overdosed, if they have trouble breathing, if they're actually having seizures or they could have a heart attack, um, you must um, seek medical attention. Stat. Okay, that's interesting. And how would they be helped if they go see the doctor? What exactly are you going to do? In terms of intervention, different drug groups have different ways of uh, which you can intervene with this. But the most important is mostly getting help. That is, you could go for counseling. Um, that is therapy. You can go for group meetings. Also, the most important being uh, support from family and friends. It's important to not make these patients or these individuals feel isolated and uh, avoid discriminating them because this only worsens the situation. So in addition to knowing the interventions, we have different medical staff that uh, are in charge of making sure that these patients are given um, different drugs or different um, forms of medication in order to curb the type of drug that uh, is causing them to be addicted. Now, Doc, tell me something, yeah? Suppose I'm a drug addict listening to this right now, and I've been getting kicks from these drugs. Nothing has happened to me over the years. Why should I then seek help or stop, given that I'm fine and I have been fine? Are there any complications that you could tell us about that could result from my substance abuse or my drug addictions? So we have different complications of these drugs. Okay, for example, if somebody's taking things like meth or cocaine or opiates, this can cause them to have uh, things like seizures or even death at some point, especially if these drugs are overdosed. Other drugs can cause confusion, memory loss, or failure to actually recollect activities, which makes them, which is the same as memory loss, basically. So... If these are taken at high doses, they can cause seizures, coma, or even death. Drugs such as ecstasy, however, can cause things like dehydration, electrolyte imbalances, as well as seizures. So all these drugs overall, they will cause damage to the brain, which is what we see at the end of the day, which are those manifestations that we see. It's also important to note that there are also further life-changing complications for example, these people are at risk of getting communicable um, infections such as HIV because of the increased use of needles as well as unprotected sex. So other um, complications include uh, increased health problems because now that you have a person who's not taking care of themselves, uh, could be at risk of infections, could be at risk of uh, different diseases simply because they're not keeping um, um, clean because of poor hygiene and uh, further um, complications. You could also have these people being involved in certain accidents. They're also more prone to suicide because then now they fall into deep depression 
And you also have family problems because these people now have a change in their behavior. They're more arrogant. They're more aggressive, um, which causes them to now have issues with their family. Then they can also have work issues, as um, stated earlier. Um, they could also have problems at school, which was also stated earlier. They could also have legal issues because they couldn't be involved in illegal um, activities such as buying these illegal drugs or running traffic lights or driving under the influence of these drugs. They could also have financial problems which lead them into debt because now they are always um, looking for money to get these drugs which uh, eventually um, drains them of their money as well as um, other sources. And to cut you just one last time there, how can someone actually prevent such things from happening? Is there anything that we could do or anything that you could tell the listeners to do as a country to help in reducing addictions? The first step is actually not taking these drugs at all. Um, if they're prescribed by your doctor, they have to be prescribed in particular doses and must be taken with caution. Also, when they're prescribed by these doctors, they shouldn't be prescribed for a very long time. So it must be a restricted amount of time that these drugs are taken. It's also important to avoid uh, or prevent this in teenagers as well as children because they're the most at risk for getting addicted to certain drugs. So it's important to communicate with your children. Let them know about the dangers of these drugs. Um, also be a good listener. Let them uh, know that you're actually supportive of them. Um, being resistant to the usage of these drugs through their peers and through just people that are around them, especially when they confide in you, which rarely happens nowadays, but can happen depending on what relationship you have with your children. Always set a good example. Avoid drinking and taking illicit drugs, especially in front of children, because then they take up these mannerisms, which is a high risk for them. Then... Try by all means to strengthen the bond between you and your kids. And then for the elders, always try to keep them in the realm. Always try to make them feel like they, they are cared about. And this is going to avoid um, um, the usage of drugs in an inappropriate way. So for those who actually recover from um, drug addiction, it's important that they actually um, take certain measures to prevent them from going back into the state of addiction because they are at risk more than anybody else uh, because of the use of the drugs in the beginning. So they, it's important that to avoid this, they should monitor their cravings. They should continue to see their counselors. They should uh, continue to be in support groups and um, avoid being in areas that actually expose you to these drugs. And that could be the places that these people used to be found in when they were actually taking the drugs. And um, if they do take the drug, they should seek medical help immediately. And um, that will help with the situation. Well, folks, there you have it. At least you just haven't heard it from me, but from a future training doctor as well. As you can see, addiction is a serious issue. Let's help each other break these bad cycles. If you know someone who's an addict, find a way to get them help. If you're an addict yourself, get help, please, before you end up dying. Thank you for listening to this podcast from our future medical doctor and myself, Dr. MK7. Until next time, bye-bye.